Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This was supposed to be a happy occasion post-game live recap of the Warriors versus the Suns because Steph Curry was back. But instead, we got one of the most putrid three-and-a-half-quarter performances the Warriors have had this entire season. And they did turn it on at the end there to to make it close. But, man, this was supposed to be happy. What's going on? I don't know, man. I was so confident they were going to beat the Suns. And it looked like... Like, I think when I said that there were some guys healthy, maybe Book wasn't healthy. But even then, I was like, yeah, they're going to beat this team. And then you look at the team they put out tonight where it's like no Book, no CP3, no DeAndre. And it's like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. And good old NBA, man. You think a team's so favored and the, and the other team just wins. Uh, I will talk about uh, the the whole oddness of this game. But Steph plays 31 minutes uh he scores 24 points but he is a team worst minus 19 in this game i don't know if he played like he he looked a little slow in the beginning like he was getting his feet underneath him his shot was a little off in the beginning uh but in the fourth quarter outside of you know he had a lot of misses at the end there because he was just trying to force threes but in in like you know, the last half of the fourth quarter, he I thought he looked pretty good. But at the same time, they Steve Kerr was only going to play him 25 minutes and he played him 31. They were kind of chasing that W there at the end, which I didn't think it was going to be even as close as it was. If not for uh, Andrew Wiggins getting some steals, you know, it's probably a double digit loss. But overall, what did you think about how Steph played? I think that, you know, definitely towards the end, like the fourth quarter, even though he's missing shots, like he was hitting the ones, he was hitting some good ones. And that's what even made the lead even close than it should have been really. But I feel like, I feel like when a lot of star players come back from injury, like when, for example, like KD just went out right in like six weeks or five weeks, whenever KD comes back, I don't know how long it's going to take. I forget how long it's going to take. KD's going to come back and shoot like 10 shots in the first quarter, right? Like the offense runs through him. He is the best player on the team. I almost feel like Steph doesn't get that sometimes, or he does. And he just still like takes this slow approach back to the game. It's like, dude, we needed you to like be Steph Curry, like in quarters one through three, not quarters four. And I feel like he's just a selfless player who wants to sit on the bench and let pool start. So it doesn't hurt his feelings, but it's like, dude, you're Steph Curry. You're one of the greatest players of all time. Like 
it's not his fault, but it's like, I feel like sometimes he just doesn't, he doesn't turn that switch on right away as much as I'd want him to right away. Well, it goes back to what Kerr stresses with the passes and the offense moving and the basketball having energy and all that stuff. Cause you know, Steph could come out there and start hucking, but then if he starts missing, then we, we start talking about, Oh, why is he, why is he hunting threes for like, what is the deal here? He's not playing within himself. I understand what you're saying. Cause we talked about this earlier in the season, which is some, there are some games where the warriors need hot starts and Steph is not taking advantage of, opportunities to go to the basket or to or to shoot he's more looking to get guys involved and sometimes especially with you know when you have Draymond and Kevin and Kevon Looney on the court at the same time you're really down to three guys and so if you're constantly passing then you're only down then you're down to two guys making shots and and so it's not always the best thing but I I hate to be the person to make such a big deal out of a game like this because the Warriors, I think, are still the eighth seed. Phoenix moves ahead of them because of this game to the seventh seed. Really, they they have to get to six. Whoever it's, you know, whether it's Sacramento or the Clippers that they could possibly catch if if they can, you know, that's where, where they're searching. So, the you know, this game on the surface doesn't mean a whole lot but like you said the key to this whole game is phoenix was basically saying we are waving the white flag before this game even starts our our best guys our three best guys are not even going to play and so here's your w we're just going to get some guys some run and some guys who don't normally play 35 to 40 minutes are going to play that and they and they still couldn't they didn't win that game which is that that's like the the most disheartening part because if you're going to be fighting with Phoenix for a, a spot this may be a game where they look back and go oh how did we lose this game but i did tell you the last time we talked for whatever reason phoenix takes this matchup very personally you saw bridges play his rear end off and talk trash to Clay, and guys who who normally don't even really get run right. Like, uh, so so uh, other than other than Mikael Bridges, who was a plus twenty six, the next player, the next uh, I'm sorry, he was a plus thirteen. The highest player uh, in the plus minus was Bismack Biombo, plus twenty one. He only played seventeen minutes. He he grabbed eight rebounds. They didn't even have a point guard in the end there to try and stop the Warriors pressing and trapping and trying to get steals, you know, a Kogi played 24 minutes, uh, ish Wainwright played 14 minutes. He has tattoos of what looks like his children on his shoulders. Uh, but yeah, you know, Jock Landale plays 22 minutes, but those were good minutes when he was on the court. Cause he was minus 13 and, and D Lee D Lee gets 30 minutes in his welcome back home ring night. Did you know this dude had 14 free throws? I did. How many shots do you think he took? Less than 14. Eight. He took yeah. eight shots and had 14 free throws. Some of this some of this was late when they're trapping and 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 stuff, but just unbelievable the the, the um the way that this happened. They were 29 of 31 from the free throw line. Uh Warriors are 21 of 27. 
but yeah, it's just going to be one of those games where, you know, if, if they're in the five, six going into the playoffs without the home court advantage, th- this game is like one of those games, the Detroit game that we went to might be one of those games where they're like, how did we lose? Like, I, I don't get it. And then, uh, the other the other thing about this is so you start this road you start this homestand five zero, and you know Steph's coming back, you know Wiggins is coming back, you know Andre is coming back. They then lose the next three games with all three of those guys coming back in the last two games. Now I know some of it is lineups and putting trying trying to you know this is what they were doing earlier right they couldn't find that second unit and it was not playing well and then they're moving guys around they're putting Draymond with Jordan they're they're doing the same thing in these last two games where they're trying to find that secondary rotation but did you see the closing first quarter lineup it was like Ty Jerome Anthony Lamb Jordan Poole. Uh, Wiggins was out, Draymond was out, Clay was out, Steph was out. And I'm just like, why do all four guys have to be out? Like, I thought we were trying to balance the court a little bit more. And that, you know, that that lineup gives up a little bit of a late run so that the Suns pull out. I, don't know, I think they ended the first quarter like up six or something. But it's like little stuff like that where, you know, I'm sure Steve Kerr is, is trying things. And, you know, if you ask him, you know, should, should I have, can I take that back? Of course he would. But man, if like <laughs> I was just appalled at why the entire uh, seven through 11 was was uh, seven through 12 was in the game at that that time. I was like, why? We have all of these guys back. What's going on? Yeah. And like, I think um like being in this, I think they were the six seed before this game started. Mm-hmm. I think they were, and uh, I think Anthony Slater did an all eighty two with with Nate Duncan, and he yeah. made a point that I liked, which is like, yeah, like if they are the six seed, you know, like that's that's great. We're in the playoffs. Like, when's the last time the Warriors have lost um, the finals when Clay, Draymond, and Steph have been healthy? Like, it's you know, it's before twenty fifteen, right? And, you know, with the Bucks year, Clay wasn't there. The year before that, the COVID year, Steph and Clay weren't there. Like, when they all three are healthy, they have won finals or at least been in the finals since 2015. So I, like, would always, like, if they get to the playoffs, like, you bet on them. Like, I would bet on them. But at the same time, if they're the sixth seed, they're not getting home court advantage. You know, other teams have more of, like, the momentum to close out the regular season. Like, if you're going into rounds one and two with seven-game series to start the gate, like it's more likely that down the stretch, the more games you play in the playoffs, the likelier it is that one of your guys get injured or fatigue. And as much as we want to bet on the Warriors, if they're going into those seven games series early in the playoffs because they didn't get a good seed, like it's going to be hard. If one of those three goes out, it's like, oh man, we're kind of cooked. Like we're not going to. So I think that it is like, yeah, get the six seed, avoid the play in at all costs. But it's like, no, you guys need to like really get a top four seed here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where it's really hard to be n- anything but negative about the way that they played. There's zero urgency. Zero urgency. I mean, they they played but they played good basketball for about seven minutes there, uh, whenever, whenever it was that they made that run out of a forty-eight minute game. So you know, I was thinking as as we're watching this game, you know, we were trying to figure out what what is what is it about the Warriors when they play at home. And why do they not give up the uh, the crazy high percentage three pointers that they do on the road? 
and today they did. They they absolutely did give that up. And um, you know, they played Detroit they, and and they played Orlando, and the defense was not as good. Now the Orlando matchup, the, the Orlando was long, and you know Steve Kerr tries to go small, and then if they can't get any rebounds, and then you see what happened. But my, my the eye test, and I, I hope somebody can actually look into this is when the Warriors play small, they are every, all five guys are trying to defensive rebound because they don't have a big in there. And so what happens is, is you see Anthony lamb who's out on the perimeter, that ball goes up and he goes and crashes the board. Long rebound comes out. Whose man is wide open in the corner? Well, it's Anthony Lamb's guy because he was trying to get the rebound and it went over his head, and then he's got to get back to that corner. And I wonder if this has somewhat to do with rebounding uh, as we were trying to sort of figure out what, what the issue is because that's what I saw tonight, which is they couldn't get any rebounds. And, and you know, they, they, I think they rebounded a little bit better, but when you, when you look at the offensive boards – uh, Phoenix got 20 offensive boards and 38 uh, defensive rebounds. Now this this math doesn't add up correctly. I'm I'm trying to figure out how they how they did this. But so it says the number is 64, the number of rebounds that Phoenix got and the Warriors got 53. But how how, how many times did you see a shot go up and you see like three Warriors right in the middle? And the one Phoenix guy pulls the rebound up because he's just springier or he times it better or, or he's what, like what, five inches taller or he's five inches taller. <laughs> like they, they were not able to get rebounds when it mattered. And I think that that sort of stopped their run there at the end is because they just couldn't get the rebound. And then Mikael Bridges goes up like a, like, like a, a pogo stick and then just shoots a little fade away. That was his move a couple different times today, but you know, he, he is the kryptonite for what the Warriors like to do because he shuts down so much. And then on the other side, he's so athletic and so long. You know who he reminds me of? You would not know who this player was. He, uh, This player uh, went to UNLV with Larry Johnson. You may you may know who Larry Johnson is. Grandmama, he, was, he played for the Knicks. He was a slam dunk champion. Stacey Ogman, they used to call him the plastic man because he was so long and he could defend around the perimeter. Mikel Bridges is a better version of Stacey Ogman, and he is just a killer for the Warriors every time. Garden Staff, Garden Jordan. Though Jordan had a, a pretty good game today, but it was all in the second half. His first mm-hmm. half was some, was awful, but he picked it up in the second half, and you could see a little bit more from him as far as like that sneer and and a little bit of the swag back in his game. Which, uh, but then you know he also did he did a Jordan pull in with the, like three minutes left on a fast break. It was either him or Clay, and he comes down and he stops about the free throw line, and he slips and he falls and he loses the ball out of bounds. The Jordan pool, uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, ultimately it's it's just one of those games where you look back and you go, you know, if we don't get to the fourth seed and it's by one game, this this one was kind of you know they're they're going to be killing themselves over a, a game like this there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Um, do you fear the the upcoming road trip, which doesn't seem as tough because of who they play, but just for the mere fact that they play so poorly on the road? I know. They give me like it makes no sense because after that Steph Steph goes down and they just have a tough road um a road trip. They have this home stretch. It's like, well, what have what have they done to, to prove to me that they can win any games on this home stretch? And then they go out, start five and zero, oh, and then they lose the next three. So, like, what do I have to look forward for the road trip? But then they're gonna do something weir- weird again. Like, I feel like this was like this felt like a must win game for me. Um, just like how I, you know, lost the past two against bad teams. Even though I liked Orlando, I said that on the podcast. I thought Orlando could actually do something, but losing to Detroit, and I was like, okay. This, this game feels more must win. And then you look at the product that the Suns put out on the court. It's like, this game is even more m- must win. And they don't treat it as such. So I'm almost wondering, like, like I, I don't want to question the four-time champs here, but they obviously know something or they treat it differently than how I'm viewing it on the screen because they did not bring urgency whatsoever tonight until the fourth quarter. So I'm like, that makes me a little less worried in that end because I really do feel like they know, like they they know, they know something. But at the same time, it's like, you better beat the Spurs, right? Like you really better beat the Spurs. You know, it's, we we had talked about all these guys coming back. Uh, no Moody tonight. Did just got the DNP. DNP. Yeah, PBJ DNP. Yeah. PBJ DNP. Everybody is back, with the exception of Kuminga and Wiseman. There's going to be a point where we where we stop saying, "Well, we're going to get that full squad." Like everyone's going to be back at some point. And they're not going to have that excuse of, oh, you know, we got to fit these guys in and and this and that. So I think this road trip, what this road trip to me is important, uh, the the importance of the road trip is, okay, so you have the Spurs, and the Spurs are 13 and 28. Uh, They're the fourth worst team in the NBA. Then you have Chicago. Now, I know Chicago's been playing a lot better of late. Uh, they have snuck into uh, the top 10. They're the 10th best team in the East at 19 and 22. And and the Washington Wizards, who are uh, 17 and 24. So those three games, now this is before you get to the Celtics and the, and the Cavs. Those three games, you really need to like 
put all of these pieces together and make them fit. And Andrew Wiggins doesn't have to play lights out defense in the first quarter of ne- uh, of of uh, Friday's game like he did tonight, right? That was just him going like, I need to do something because we, we're, you know, we're just playing so poorly. But you would like to see a little bit more of that, uh, what they did in the fourth quarter uh, to start out the game and to really like push these teams because they play so lackadaisical like they did tonight. That's that's bad, even against bad teams like uh, like the Spurs and the Wizards and, and the Bulls. So I, I think this is uh, probably one of Steve Kerr's uh, toughest coaching jobs, though he would say that the uh, the 20 was it the 2020 season or 2019. Season? What was the, the season where they were the second worst team in the league? I think that was the 2019 to 2020 season. He said that that was the hardest one and he would take all of the the you know the championship expectations but man this one has got to be tough because it's almost like you know they, they always talk about how coaches you only have like a certain amount of time with a team because then they just kind of zone you out you know because you've just been there so long and they heard all your stories i want I don't, not to say that that's happening here but i do wonder if the ways that he's been able to motivate this team in the past just aren't working like you hear him on the sideline uh you know mic'd up and everything and he he's not like he didn't really get fired up at all today like i you just mostly saw him sitting on the chair so i wonder if he's just trying different ways like different different things to do to try and motivate these guys uh it it for whatever reason it's it didn't work today but uh yeah you know at some point the the team themselves gotta look at the thing and go we are half exactly halfway into this season and we are 20 and 21 and if we duplicate that in the second half, we uh, probably missing the playoffs or at least uh, being stuck in a play in, in a play in game. But like, do you sense that Kerr is frustrated? He's happy with the team and he just thinks that they kind of need to get help. Like, like, I don't I, I can't really tell uh, what what he is possibly feeling right now because i think i don't know i think he's kind of playing poker with his feelings or something exactly like you you pan to him on the bench when they're down by like 25 and there's a dumb play that happens and he's just kind of sitting there like no really expression and you i know like he would have got mad if it was moody who made the mistake though yeah yeah moody's <laughs> getting dmps for the rest of the year if he made something yeah yeah i know i'm with i'm with you in the sense of like i am interested i have no idea because he just seems so poker face on the bench when these things are happening and the only time he gets animated is like if draymond gets animated and gets a tech and then steve kerr will follow him with a tech like that's like the only time i really see him get like really into it lately um but i feel like okay so an interesting thing i noticed from the game Mm -hmm. is that i think jordan Poole had a good a good game I, i've kind of been on his case lately but what still bothers me is just like the lack of defensive like effort like and i just don't understand how he just like lives with himself just like really not trying at all on defense but i think i haven't gotten to rewatch the play because i feel like tnt sucked tonight at like replaying the plays i wanted to watch or like yeah, the camera like, angles they had like when like that, it, got called for that foul at the end when he's like he didn't it doesn't look like he touched the guy yeah yeah <laughs> and and then like the igadala um uh, when they try to review it, like we got like no angles on that at all. But there was also the one where Iguodala threw the ball into the stands. Yeah. And I think it's because Jordan missed something. Like I think someone blew by Jordan. 
Oh, I is that what it was for? I think something might have happened there. And what brings me to believe is that I was saying in the beginning of the year, like, you know, Draymond was on Jordan's case last year for being a better defender and yeah. giving more of an effort. But because he punched him, he doesn't feel like he's able to do that. Yeah. Iguodala might just do it. I think he's been doing it. I thought I saw him in the game just kind of doing it a lot because he threw that ball into the stands and went straight to like talking to Jordan. Like he wasn't even like talking to the refs or anything. That's what I thought I saw. So I would be interested to see that play again because I do feel like I've seen Iguodala get on Jordan's case a lot. And oh my God, like some of the times when Jordan makes this like fast break layup, and then he just jogs back and the other team started like a five on four. It's like, dude, you just made a shot. Like you got to get back on defense. I feel like I could put together like a five minute compilation of him doing that this year. So it's like, I hope Iguodala gets on that guy's case. Yeah. And even worse, I think, is when he thinks that he was fouled, but doesn't get the foul. It is really a five on four going back the other way because he's sitting there complaining and complaining and yeah, just not getting back at all. I I, I want to see, um, yeah. If you're right about that, then I'm sure uh, I'm sure they'll make a they'll make a point of it in uh, at least with Slater. They 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 should probably do if ne- next game's not until Friday. I think those guys are probably doing a plus minus either tomorrow, tomorrow. or Thursday. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow or Thursday. It's usually like a Wednesday thing. I'm interested um, in what they say because I mean I feel like we still can't wrap our head around this away home thing. Yeah, yeah. What do like, you think I, about? Uh, the some of these guys who like Okoge like ripped Steph like two or three what times. What was I today. saying in the offseason, man? He's like a he could have been the GP2 replacement for the Warriors. My goodness. I, I I mean he's so limited. Like that's the only thing he could do is be an on ball like pest. And he's yeah. actually a really good like you know Steph gets annoyed with the people who push him ha- to full court. Like Okoge has like the physical tools to like actually do it and be good at it. Like I think what started some of those turnovers was Okoge getting up in, at Steph in the midcourt and pool in the midcourt. And then you get these breakaway, like Mikel Bridges dunks for in like the second quarter when they went on that, that run. And that's like, they, he's just a really good ball stopper and really good pest. And I would, I would have liked them on the team, but he only, know, he only got credit for one, but I feel like he bothered. He was Steph involved in so many. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, Andrew Wiggins got six steals. <laughs> wow. Funny. That's, that's I liked him fighting for a lot of those offensive rebounds to keep the possession alive at the end. But it's like, it, it just felt like during the game, the Warriors weren't totally pu- punishing the Suns for being big and them going small. And it was just like, they weren't totally like attacking the center or something. Like they weren't using the advantages of going small against a big team where it's like, okay, let's get Jock Landau on the perimeter. It's like, no, we'll just play right into it. And I've noticed that like, like in the beginning when it was like, oh, the Suns have 10 free throws and the Warriors have none. It's like you could look at the foul discrepancy, but it's like the Warriors don't really like challenging them inside. You know, they're taking a lot of threes. They What was it against the Magic? Um, almost another record setting three point attempt night. It's like they're not really attacking the paint. And I think it's because you're two, probably the two guys on the team that take the most paint shots when they're in the game are uh, Kaminga and, and Wiseman. And they're both not playing right now, but it didn't seem like there was this issue last year and they have basically the same cast minus GP two who really would only take dunks. And it's not like he got fouled really that much either. So I'm just wondering like what, where's the, where's the paint or the, the attacking the paint gone from, for them. It's a great point. And the stats, at least in this game actually show what you're saying. So the Warriors were 18 of 48 from three. So shooting 38%. On twos, they were 19 of 48. So even the twos are, are not 
they don't seem to be the easiest twos, right? But I almost want to see like the rim, like shot. I, I actually, I, I'm sure I could find this now. I, I, I'm, I uh, got a hold of the cleaning the glass, advanced analytic metric stuff that I need to actually like look into because I'm paying for it. But they're like, I want to see the shots they take like at the rim. Like, you know, they could take one foot inside of the three-point line and that counts as a two, right? You know, like those, I, I want to see more shots that would probably draw draw more fouls. How many of those do they take a game compared to the other teams is what I'd be interested in. You know what it, what it is also? Uh, and Clay started to attack the basket late in the game, but Clay takes hard threes and he, he was six of 14 today. So, you know, that's 43%. That's great that that's where he is as a historic shooter. But on the twos, he is fourth ten. So it's like some of them are hard twos, and some of them are are just they can't get. You know, they had two shot clock expirations during this game, which is pathetic. Like you shouldn't have any. But it seems like the ball ends up with, with Clay. You know, with less than two or three seconds left in the shot clock, and it's a hard it's a hard two or a hard three. Um, and so I, I'm very, in, you know, I'd love to see the shot charts for the the last three games to see the difference in uh, in in the previous five. Now, some of that is just going to be the matchups and such. Like we said, the the Magic are, are not a fantastic matchup for them just because they're so big. But come on, Detroit, like Detroit has the yeah. two bigs as well. But those two bigs are are good defensively, and the only thing, the only other thing they do is catch lobs though Stewart did hit a couple threes he can extend out but you're kind of fine with him taking those shots you are yeah uh but yeah and then today like this was a uh this was Mikel Bridges uh Dwayne Washington Jr. hit five of nine from three and Damian Lee like you know I guess I guess uh Sarek um Sarek had a pretty good game too but just like just you know these guys are uh, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr. is he the seventh or eighth guy? Uh, 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 you know, in the rotation, Damian Lee is probably the seventh or eighth guy. Uh, Saric is is you know he's when everyone's healthy. The these guys are back of the these guys are back of the bench guys when everyone's healthy. Corey Craig, like even Damian Lee, not yeah. back of the bench, totally back of the bench, but maybe like a nine or an eight nine guy. I think I think I cursed this game for us because we just did a pod on Sunday and we were talking about trades. And the Phoenix Suns got mentioned, and I was kind of going through their struggles and what I thought was their struggles. And my one of my main ones was like they have this guy named Dwayne Washington Jr. as their like secondary primary shot creator. And I was like, I have no idea who that guy is. Like that's a problem for them because I pretty much know who everyone is in the league. I was disrespectful to him. I apologize because he cooked us in the beginning. <laughs> that was pretty disrespectful. That was, yeah, that was that was my fault. But okay, uh, wait a few a few couple more things that I noticed uh-huh. in the game. I noticed that sh- uh. Clay was going, but it feel, felt like he was revert reverting back to some of the old habits, especially like when you go to that second Suns game where he, I think he gets ejected. Yeah, yeah. I think the one, maybe one, the one where he got ejected, it kind of felt like a similar shot selection. And I don't totally blame him this game because there, this was a game where Steph was being passive in the beginning, Poole was being passive in the beginning. We haven't seen Wiggins go into any shot creation since he's come back. And it'll probably take time, but we remember his little push shot floaters, his fadeaway middies that he would take. He hasn't taken any of those. So it kind of does fall to Clay to like, if something's not going, like he's kind of got a chuck. And I think when they started finding stuff, when they started finding shots towards the end of the game, he was still doing it. And I was like, ah, maybe you need to back off from doing it here. But there was like, there was just too many possessions where like when Draymond shoots, 
it's almost never like I don't know in rhythm or a part of the plan like he is the last option because they mm -hmm. could not find anything and I just felt like there was almost too many times where he was shooting a three or he was shooting or he was kicking it to someone for a last shot like they just weren't able to find offense that much early in the game but I just hope Clay does not have to or I hope Clay doesn't um I guess go back to some of those a lot of those dumb leaning shots I felt like he was taking because he was on a good stretch there of the catch and shoot stuff and finding his offense again. I think some of it is he starts hot and he still feels hot. Yeah. And yeah. then he's he starts looking for it a little bit. Which, you know, if he's going to shoot 6 of 14, you're you're pretty okay with that. Was from that. 3? Yeah. Yeah, but I think there was a point in the game where he was like 6 for 18. Mhm. Mm and I think that might have been in the second or the third quarter, but yeah, I mean, he didn't shoot really. He didn't shoot great. He, he didn't shoot great from the field. He actually sh shot worse from the field than he than shot from three. from from three tonight. Um, yeah. So I guess the the uh, you know the games this this weekend. They got two games this weekend. Uh, I'm happy again that it's on a Sunday because the Niners play on Saturday. Niners against the Seattle Seahawks. Rod and I will be back live after that game on Saturday. And then, so yeah, so you get, you get a nice little Warriors on Friday, Niners on Saturday, and then the uh, Warriors again on Sunday. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, it it should be a pretty fun weekend. Now it'd be great to get three W's. I, I don't know. I'm not I, I don't know how confident I am for the Warriors to beat two, or one bad team and one average team on on the road. I, I would love to see them sort of figure it out and get it back, though. It's kind of crazy how Jekyll and Hyde they are. So hopeful there. Yeah. Um, but before we get out of here, I wanted to mention one thing, something that is near and dear to our heart. One Otto Porter. This man gave his heart, soul, and body to the Warriors in the postseason last year has not been right all season long and is now out for the rest of this season. At least he got at least he got paid, but I'm sure he wanted to get paid and be a contributor to earn his money. But he just has not been able to be healthy this year. And I fully believe that it was because of that long playoff for him. And, you know, he had, remember he had the foot thing and he would have to come out and then we didn't know if he was going to play the next game. So I, I, I think that, you know, I think some of it is just he played his butt off in those playoffs last year and paid the price for it in, in this regular season. Banners last forever, man. Um, I, I When I saw that first, like I wanted to quote tweet it and say something. And I wanted, like, I was going to start, like, I love Otto Porter Jr. I hope, like, you know, he makes a full recovery and he's back to his old self. Because I thought the Raptors, that was actually a good signing for them. But at the same time, I wanted to say, like, that's a, like, the Warriors dodged that, you know? Like, and uh, us Warriors fans are like, ah, you didn't get Otto, you didn't get GP2. And then it's just like, how many combined games have both of them played this year? And you know Ten? who else we didn't get was the guy who shot 14 Game. free throws today. That was the one no one wanted to bring back, too. <laughs> they kept um, showing they kept showing his wife and his mom uh with the baby not, that wasn't his mom well, his mother-in-law or her mom her mom and then they showed steph's wife sitting somewhere else uh, uh, i was wondering how come they didn't all sit together maybe they just get too passionate i wouldn't that, that yeah, would because they, they got a root again they got a root yeah they got a root and then and then mama curry's in the middle stuck in the middle yeah um oh i would like to point out that i think 
I think our last podcast, I was like pretty optimistic in how the direction of the season was going. And I almost yeah. fell into like this little trance of like, and I watched every game, you know, and when uh, like we probably, we talked about most of the games, but I almost was like a box score watcher in the sense of like, did we get the win or the loss? Like, I didn't really put together, like, I think the last podcast I was like, oh, I think they're going to, you know, go on this. They're probably going to close out the road trip with three W's. Like what has told you otherwise? Well, what should have told me otherwise is that they went into double OT against the Hawks. Yeah. They barely screwed out against the Hornets. Like all those games were close really besides Memphis. Portland. They should have lost the Portland. Portland game. Yeah. This is what I was saying is like the homestand is great to get those W's, but they were lucky they in some cases to get those W's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I was just like, saw the win or the loss. Like, well, they keep winning. So what is telling you they're not going to win? And I should have just been like, well, those have been tough wins and, you know, your, your vets are going to need to rest at some point. And I think that was also something for Clay sitting out uh, against the magic. And then he played uh, the most minutes today. He played the most yeah. minutes out of everybody. Yeah. He they has, really need a cushion They They hurt themselves, man. They need this cushion. So the vets don't have to play their like 30 minutes plus a game. You know what, you know what it is, is that they suck us in when they beat the crap out of Boston and in Memphis. And we're like, Oh, they can turn it on. But then they just don't get as fired up for games like this. And I, I, you know, it's it's easy for me to say watching on TV, but they always say, you know, it's really hard to get up for games sometimes. And, you know, when when you're a champion and then you got to go play, you know, in San Antonio, though that game should be pretty special because there's going to be so many people there. But just your random game, like how do you get excited for that when you were just in the NBA finals and that's, you know, that's exciting. And then you go, oh, yeah gonna go play in washington dc yeah i don't know how, how how do i you know how do i get up for that one so the, it's got to be hard it's got to be a mental thing but man hopefully they can turn it on uh turn it on because these last three games have been pretty pathetic basketball and including today you know they made it close but for 41 minutes of that game that was some of the worst basketball they played all year uh and they turned it on and I'm just glad Steph didn't get hurt. I hope Clay, you know, they they pushed those guys to try and win this game, and uh, so they they put a, a little bit of minutes on them. So, um, eh, you know, wouldn't mind getting to see a little Mo, Moses Moody action out there. But they did they did go Divincenzo late. They I think they pulled out Wiggins for a possession or something, and then they went Divincenzo. But otherwise, it was fast five pretty much the whole time. And then they had they they did the lineup with uh, no Draymond and uh, Iguodala in the Draymond spot, and then that's when he got kicked out. Yeah, I'm almost wondering though when Kaminga comes back, like how are they going to fit him into this rotation? Because I looked at the Kaminga stint and was like, this guy's a must play. Like he should be the second guy off the bench. And you look at the skill set he provides, like really only if you want to replace direct skill set with direct skill sets, like Iguodala, you know, like you hit him taking out Lamb, like takes out a three point shooter that they could stretch the floor with. It's like he's not a direct. You can't like just take give him Lamb's minutes because Lamb provides something else that he doesn't and vice versa. So yes. I'm wondering how they're going to fit him in and who they're going to how they're going to shuffle this. All right. Well, um, we will probably be back next week. I'm thinking Thursday or Friday because the Warriors have 4.30 p.m. Pacific games for us on Thursday and Friday. And those are the two biggies on the road trip, Boston and Cleveland. So we'll figure out when we're coming back on one of those games. Uh, but you know what? You know, I, I hopefully we can get more people uh, in, in doing sort of recaps after these live games. Hopefully we can get more people uh, hanging out with us live. Because, you know, Sam and Andy 
the uh, the Lightyear show. You know what they do for best caller who jumps on to hang out and ask a question and joins them? You know what they give them? Is it the Pacific Pacific Catch stuff? Pacific Catch gift card. Oh man, I almost wanted to join their show just to get the gift card and go to. Pacific I don't know if I've Catch. ever been. It's fun. It's a fun little spot to to hang out for dinner. Maybe uh, maybe if you guys come down, we'll we'll go one of these days. All right. Uh, thanks to everyone who was checking us out live. Really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, we recorded a little early this week because we wanted to get Steph's game. So that that was probably the right the right call. But you know, we'll we'll let folks know. Uh, and even on the other podcasts, if you listen to our other shows, we'll let you know when we're planning on on coming back. So uh, for Bry. I am Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup you can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit wefunder.com slash BlueWire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.